Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Michael Tabor. And I'm Zachary Allard. And uh, we've got a fun one today. Yeah, Michael, what are we talking about? So, like, our main topic uh, is going to be something that's very close to my heart, uh, and that's the tubes. Uh, the tubes <laughs> of you. That's, a, that's how you got famous as a child YouTube star, right? Yeah, I, I do a lot of unboxings and uh, in Minecraft videos. So essentially, I'm like those kids that you saw in Barney growing up, but for the, the like Fortnite generation. You were making six figures there for a while before addiction took it all. <laughs> I wish it was as simple as addiction. So we're talking about uh, Christian YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. This this sort of like varied subset of YouTube uh, that I think really captures so many different segments of the terribleness that is evangelical <laughs> Christianity. And, uh, you know, if I do say so myself, I think we've done a good job bringing sort of a three course meal mm -hmm. of terrible YouTube <laughs> sensations, you know, all people that are really bringing something unique and awful to the table. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, you know, we're recording this in the evening and I began my day fairly early this morning and I have done basically nothing but listen to these assholes for like 12 hours. No, I would be, uh, I would be getting messages randomly throughout the day. Have you seen this person? There's a prophecy. <laughs> and I would be like, oh, okay. Uh, YouTube has sort of a, a unique ability to mm. like draw people into the drama. Uh, some people may be aware of this from other corners of, of the internet. Uh, but I, I have to say, we'll get to it, but I, I just have to say thank you to YouTube for bre <laughs> like breeding such an insane level of investment because so often this job involves like researching things where mm -hmm. if you're lucky, you maybe get like one good article. And in this, it was like, well, which of these 20 Reddit threads am I going to read about how this person <laughs> is terrible? You could honestly do an entire podcast purely about Christian YouTube personalities, and it would be <laughs> a better podcast than the one you're listening to right now, okay. I think. <laughs> Wait, how many YouTube Christian personality takedowns do you have to record before you become a Christian YouTube personality? Why would you ever record a takedown? <laughs> Uh, but before we get there, on a slightly more serious note, I think it's time for for a, a check-in, Zachary. Uh, because as you may be aware, uh, <laughs> some shit has been going down. Boy, the slogan for 2020, some shit <laughs> has been going down. God, do you remember hope? Do you remember early this year when we had hope? Fools that we were. I, I mentioned this on the podcast when it happened, but the one of the highlights of my year was... Uh, was seeing Chapo like after Bernie won Nevada in a room with hundreds of fellow like-minded filthy people and it was really lovely and encouraging and like a dear moment and yeah people that were genuinely invested in like local uh you know local contests mm -hmm. and and doing direct action and like you know we're just as smelly as us filthy podcasters like it really <laughs> was beautiful it and, like, uh, none of that's possible now. You can't even be in the same room. Gwen Snyder got <laughs> Chapo Trap House. They're canceled now. Oh, yeah. They're, no, they're they're more than canceled. She got they've, their They've house. been full-on pogrom. Yeah, like, no, she, all of them she have swatted them. I'm pretty sure. Why Why do you think uh, Virgil went into hiding? Uh, that explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so other than our insane need to reference Chapo drama, uh, <laughs> there have been some protests and almost as importantly, there have been some reactions to the protests. Uh, 
Zach, I, I don't think we really need to do a blow by blow because I'm imagining that the vast majority of our listeners are mm. like fully up to date on what has been happening, uh, you know, chiefly in Portland, but certainly not exclusively. We've seen some of this in L.A. We've seen some of this in New York. We're seeing uh, a fair amount of it in Chicago. Zach, how are you feeling? What's your take on what's going on? I mean, to be clear, we're talking about federal agents of some, you know, dubious origin showing up, throwing people into unmarked vans while they are not themselves marked with, you know, the department or uh, that they work for or their name, uh, you know, just an increasing uh, escalation of hostility. Uh, we're talking about Garrett Foster being mm. gunned down in the street. Hey, my uh, goodness. Yeah, in, in Austin uh, for having the audacity to walk up to a man that was trying to run over protesters. And we are also probably talking about, you know, our president retweeting a false narrative about that murder uh, saying that, you know, this was about Garrett firing on the car before the person shot back and defended themselves when that was absolutely not the case. And we've confirmed at this point that he never fired uh, his weapon. And if you believe the protesters that were there, which I do, he also never raised it. Mm. Uh, so, Zach, where are we at? How are you doing? I, I, I have two feelings. I I, I mean, you're currently in a black site. So. Yeah, no, I need to say I'm recording this from an undisclosed location. Uh, and I, I, I wish you were that real. I wish I was so real that when people released me, it was with a documents that said I was not allowed to protest. That oh, like, the yeah. state Maybe... is too scared of me to, to let me out unless they know uh, I'm not going to be back of on the community, streets. Because Barack Obama be scared of me. There's two sort of major things I'm taking from this. You probably have some other thoughts. You usually sure. do. A few weeks ago, after the initial wave of sort of George Floyd protests, I was feeling a little bit sort of, I don't know, down is not the right word, but a little bit bummed out that I wasn't seeing like perpetual every night, just people in the streets fist fighting cops. And yeah, that that every night wasn't a different police station on fire. We would never advocate for that <laughs> no. on our our blessed, you know, theological podcast. We're just saying that like I love a good bonfire. Look, sh you should not 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 burn down a police station. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Listen, I like s'mores. And if you loot a target, you can get the s'more related accessories. That's right. And then if you burn a police station, now you got a stew going. <laughs> I had s'mores the other day. We make up, but like I was impressed. Right? I had s'mores the other day, and I was like around a fire, and I was like, "Damn, this shit is pretty good. Like someone should do this. <laughs> These should be a thing." <laughs> and you were like, "You realized s'mores were good, and somehow that was a referendum on how sad your life has been." Or 2020, or both, <laughs> or both. But I was, th I felt kind of that, like you know, after they burned down one yeah, police, well, measly station in Minneapolis, I wanted more. And, and to be clear, I'm not going to put this on the protesters. No. I think what happened was, you know, the media was just like, okay, we can make this go away. It just needs to not be a story anymore. Like, we referenced this on the pod, mm -hmm. but they shut down an entire coastline's worth of ports through direct action by union workers and advocates. Yeah. And that is something that, just for that day, cost corporations millions of dollars, and by any standard... By any standard, it was 100% newsworthy, and you barely saw anything about it. There was a blackout on this. And, like, you know, not to put on my conspiracy hat too early, but, like, <laughs> we saw it with Bernie, and we see it now. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, so, it's, it's, but, it's... But there it's, was something to be said for, like, when 
the riots stopped and the protests mm-hmm. became peaceful, which yeah. is the thing that every every lib publication was yelling <laughs> for, including Joe Biden today saying we should arrest or yesterday saying we should arrest the anarchists. Um, but once that happened, people now had the freedom to stop paying attention, yeah. which is almost like that's what they were advocating for the whole fucking time. They want you to protest just quiet enough that they don't have to pay attention. But it's interesting that you bring that up because I think the other thing that's important to remember in Portland is that even more than some of these other situations, Mm -hmm. uh, like we saw with George Floyd protests where some of the violence that ended up happening, and again, go back to our Just Riot Theory episode where we do a better job than we're doing now of distinguishing between looting or burning property and violence because as we have already stated, we should really try to define or redefine yeah. violence. I don't, as, I, 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 violence does not, you cannot perform violence against inanimate objects. That's where the TLDR there. But it's, you know, there was just uh, publications in the past couple of days alleging that like Umbrella Man, one of the people that got videoed <laughs> a lot destroying, yeah. you know, windows and painting stuff on an auto parts store was in fact a white supremacist. Yeah. Uh, who was doing his best to do what white supremacists have been doing since, uh, you know, a very long time, including Marilyn Man or not Marilyn, including the Manson family, but like trying to incite a race war. Yeah, totally. And here's the thing. Helter this Skelter. is somewhat complicated. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's kind of a foolish tactic for them to take because I do think we should be burning down police stations. Just kidding. Parody, parody, all in the game. <laughs> uh, but it's important to say that the reason that federal agents showed up in Portland uh, was because of spray paint. Right. You know, they had all of these like intense, desperate declarations that, like, well, we have to go and protect our federal buildings from graffiti. And literally, when you look at, you know, the articles that they submitted to justify, you know, sending uh, these officers there, it's all graffiti. Like, yeah. nothing violent was happening against people. Arguably, nothing violent was really even happening against the buildings. Also, for the fucking record, we own those buildings. So maybe yeah. cool chill. As we've said before, it's our tax dollars. We'll burn them if we want to. Yeah. It's our party. I like s'mores. I've been, we've been, yeah. been so clear about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zachary has been on record. So interestingly for both ends of this, and yes. then I'll, I'll send no, it back to you, Zach. you're fine. I think that we have an increase of federal violence against protesters which to be fair is just a continuation of the state level violence against protesters Mm -hmm. you know the mayor of portland the mayor of chicago both these people have been trying to sort of build their lib credentials by saying like oh we didn't ask for this which in some cases is factually inaccurate yeah especially when that you see them for the most part directing their police to be leg breakers exactly uh but there is something to be said for the fact that uh, you know, it's the police unions that are yeah. stepping outside of elected authority uh, to demand this from our federal government and receiving it. But also, yeah, this is just a continuation of what was already happening, bro. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's a thing that, like, Republicans catch Dems on all the time, but that is fair play. That, like, hey, you are the ones in charge of these cities, and yeah, it, we're catching them on a different side of this. Is in other words that like Dems love cops. They love sending in cops to beat up protesters. It's their yeah, whole it's fucking very thing. Interesting that like Donald Trump has been out there being like, well, these weak, these feckless Democratic leaders, they just can't be trusted to bring law and order <laughs> to their own communities. Meanwhile, on the other side of this, we have actual protesters and actual people totally. engaging in direct action, getting beat to shit 
by those police officers. Well, I mean, we live in fucking L.A. We live in bluest, one of the bluest counties in the entire country. They're they're like, uh, but Garcetti is out there, and Villanueva is out there, and like they are just like cracking skulls. They had like they had four or yeah. five days during the George Floyd uh, part of these protests where they would have like strict curfews, including one at like six in the evening, like. Oh, we had multiple days of six in the evening curfews that came after days where they would just declare a curfew and then get to beaten. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, and by the way, I hadn't heard word one from Garcetti about the National Guard troops that were fucking patrolling around. Oh, that were at my work walking around. I, I don't know if I've referenced this on the podcast, but at one point I walked out of my, like, place of work mm-hmm. and I see a couple National Guardsmen who are chilling on a turned over uh, shopping cart that they have stolen from a homeless woman. Oh God! Uh, just I mean, to like the metaphor's hang out. too on the nose. Yeah, you couldn't. And, uh, you couldn't even use that in a book or a movie. And to the one person that's like, well, technically it wasn't this homeless person's like cart because clearly they took that from somewhere else. Bro, I come here so I can hit you with a shopping cart. <laughs> Parody, parody, all in the game. Anyways, but I do think that we can acknowledge that there was, in many cities, a stand down mm-hmm. of violence from yeah. the police. That they realized this was bad PR. This was looking bad for them. And part of the ability to silence any coverage of this was the police being like, okay, well, like we're not going to stop murdering people of color with impunity slash all people with impunity. Yep. Uh, But what we are going to do is not do that to these protesters right now because the cameras are on. I mean, we turned all the body cameras off, obviously. Clearly. Uh, But, you know, there are still eyes on us in this moment. And Donald Trump, I think, made a calculation here Mm -hmm. uh, that, like, this was going to be his path to reelection. He has managed to end up through nothing but the consequences of his own choices in a situation where another candidate can weaken at Bernie's their way into the presidency? I don't, we, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, but sure. yes, yesterday, him doing a press conference, 150,000 people dead, nobody likes me. Beautiful stuff. That's, that's the moment I knew that Donald Trump <laughs> is losing this election. Yeah, Don, Donald Trump is on his back foot, and Donald Trump has always been able to succeed by just being the strong man even as he betrays his weakness at every turn but he that pretense of being mm. the strong man oh yeah is really important playing the victim i don't think is going to play well for donald trump no it's like but this is not effect, alpha energy <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 where where is that bde wait, mr wait. trump please where's the chad what happens to the chad <laughs> Uh, sir, please uh, stop acting like your sons. <laughs> so, so anyways, Donald Trump made a uh, candy calculation. He he. Well, I don't even know if it is candy. I don't uh, think sure, it's fine. actually going to work out well for him. I do think he acknowledged mm. that the time has come. There is no room for centrism in the Donald Trump campaign. There is no chance to retrieve the middle in any sense like what he needs to do is circle the wagons yeah and he has been looking for opportunities to do that and you know we saw him sort of go back on his like hardline conspiracy covid stance for like five minutes you know he showed up in a mask he was asking other people to wear a mask he was saying masks are good and he he managed to pull that off for like two days before he was back to tweeting conspiracy theories about sex demon covid i do stuff. actually think that is funny and telling i i actually think more than anything, him saying nobody likes me is a symptom. I think the moment, I mean this, the moment he put on the mask, there's a good chance he lost the election because 2016 Donald Trump never would have worn the mask. 
Yeah, for 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 Donald Trump, putting on the mask is how he became de-Jokerfied. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. No, and, and so in his sort of last-ish <laughs> effort, he said, well, what can I do? I can do a fascism. People like it when I do a fascism. True. Uh, Historically So what true. can I do? I can, I can send in the Department of Homeland Security, which has dubious but wide-reaching legal power, thanks uh, to both Bush and Obama for that motherfuckery. Yeah, essentially unlimited power, tens of thousands of agents, and basically no oversight. I did a little research on this. I'm going to say allegedly at this point, because there were some things that were saying confirmed, and there were some things that were saying not yet confirmed. Yeah. But it increasingly seems clear that the people that are being sent into cities like Portland are not, in fact, fully trained DHS agents, but contractors, which is to say mercenaries, which is to say Blackwater, which is to say Eric Prince, which is to say the, is it brother of? Yeah, he's the brother of Betsy DeVos. And that, like, I know we say this a lot, though we do tend to get around to them. We are going to do, and it might be a premium episode, an entire episode on Eric Prince, who I think in many ways. Oh, we're going to do an entire series, baby. This is a season. <laughs> I can't get enough of these motherfuckers. I mean, you were the first one that went, like, before this podcast ever existed. I was obsessed with Eric Prince when Obama was president. Come at you, me, bro. You kept sending me erotic, like, friend fiction about Eric Prince and Betsy DeVos. Okay, he has a very he has a very hard torso. Look, say okay. what you he's a fascist, but he is he is he is built. I mean fascists historically try to be a little bit built. That's kind of part of their yeah. thing. I, I think we should keep a close eye on the mercenary thing because I think that's extremely possible. If it is, it is crossing yet another large Rubicon. Sure. I mean, I mean, how many have we crossed at this point? At this point, George Washington is essentially an Uber driver. That's how many times he's gone back Endless and forth across the Rubicon. I, it is the twin thing. of I'm encouraged to see people out on the streets. I'm encouraged that Portland, Hell yeah. one of the only large cities with such a big white population, is, is like, fuck you. Like, Yeah, I, I appreciate Portland being a real one, especially because as a Northern Californian resident for many years, I harbored nothing but disdain for Portland. <laughs> uh, Portland, Portland to some... <laughs> Was the area they aspired to be? It was the promised land, but for me, it was it was just uh, it was the thing that thought it was so much cooler than it was. Like, I've never had a voodoo donut, but here's what I'm going to say. Here's my voodoo donuts I'll review. Go. Speaking yes. of YouTube, disappointing. <laughs> like and subscribe. Smash that button. <laughs> but like, I personally. Portland has been here like 60 nights in a row or something. Scores of nights every day. They are there. They like they made the Fed send out troops. Like they are out there in the streets. And and I respect that I felt like they kept the embers going, even while there were still plenty of people protesting. Yeah, so I, I think it's important to say that like they were doing this before the eyes of the world were on them. hundred percent. They uh, were they've just there. Continued and come back in even greater force when the eyes of the world are on them. I think it's interesting that Donald Trump has chosen to make this bet because I think it's a really good time for us to call him on it. Yeah. Uh, I think I think like, hey, I have you where I want you. You are doing what you're going to do. You're sending in people. You're going to hurt people. You're going to possibly kill people. You are certainly, as we've already seen, enable other people to kill people. But like, if this is the line that you want to fight on, man, like there are people that are there and willing to fight that fight. And I think that's really powerful. And like, yeah. yes. Yes. Props to the wall of moms. Props to the wall of veterans. I am so tired of leftist discourse talking about how these people are like taking something away. Like, oh, yeah. People showing up and protesting is something that I'm here for. Motherfucker, more unity is how we do props, this. 
props to the people exactly very very important uh shout outs to um shout outs to michael brooks for, yes. for being a person that was always willing to center unity across our entire movement and across our international boundaries uh in saying that like the left needs to come together and fight these battles but yeah. i do want to take a special moment to to remember the, the kids after my own heart the punk teenagers the anarchists yes. the antifa the ones that were there before the eyes were uh, totally who showed the fuck up and like made this a thing uh, and you know, kept kept that spark alive. You know, people like in uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters. To be clear, like, yeah, no, the Black Lives Matters folks. Like we've talked about the Catholic worker on this podcast, but they would go like several times a week all during Obama's like presidency to go protest downtown in L.A. like yeah. various injustices, and like it seems silly. And I even remember thinking at the time a little bit like there's like five of you, but no. That's actually pretty real and pretty dope. It is incredible, that consistency. I think that consistency is really important. I think thinking about how to bring attention to that consistency is really important. But beyond all that, I just want to say, like, thank you to the people that are doing that work. Uh, to the people that have died, we remember you. To the people mm -hmm. that the people that have been hit by non-lethal rounds and ended up in the hospital, including a friend of mine who had to go through multiple surgeries after showing up to a Sacramento protest to hand mm -hmm. out food and water and took several, quote-unquote, rubber bullets to the face um we remember the even greater number of people that have been arrested never charged held in detention centers for yeah. cruel amounts of time uh, there was a clear level of intimidation i think we're seeing this we saw this in georgia where people are being arrested strip search put in c confinement and never actually charged so there's no mm. record when they get let out yeah uh, and then as you already alluded to zach uh release documents in portland where they are handwriting their own like stipulations for their release, like you are not allowed to show up at any other protests or public gatherings. And then that is signed off by a federal judge. Yeah, which law is nothing but the sword. Let's just be very frank about it. But that is very much not a thing a judge is allowed to do if you consider oh, yeah. the law at, at uh, all. One of the lawyers, ProPublica published an article about yeah. this yesterday, and one of the lawyers uh, referred to it as sort of hilariously unconstitutional. Yeah, it's almost so unconstitutional saying it's unconstitutional feels silly. Like, there should, because, like, it's always, like, lamos and douchebags who are, like, always obsessing with that word. But it's like, it, no, but for real, this is not a thing that they can do. They can't just I, be, like, stay at home. You're a menace yeah, to society. You are no longer allowed to utilize your constitutional right to assemble because, you know, we said so. Yeah, uh, because, as a final man. point, and it's been made by everyone, so I'm not going to belabor it, but I just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to the proud Second Amendment defenders, uh, to the <laughs> to the militias, yeah, to all, all the of those out there, the libertarians who who stood up, even though these are not people that they agree with politically on everything, but they stood up for the right of their fellow Americans to protest and stand up against the tyranny that is being enacted by our federal government against people exercising their First Amendment rights. Oh, fucking wait. Fuck, that's so weird. None of them? Seriously, I'm just, I'm waiting for confirmation on this. I'm getting word from our producers. None of them. Absolutely fucking none of them. I'm hearing uh, that guy you went to high school with who talked constantly about the need to own seven AR-15s in case he needed to, quote, rise up, is sitting at home watching the baseball. Yeah, that guy, that guy that uh, really loved Rage Against the Machine and also uh, loves the machine. <laughs>
<laughs> but my Thanks, still, bro. still my my very favorite people to judge me. What if we raged on behalf of the machine? <laughs> Thanks, libertarians. You're in the same camp as Pete Buttigieg. Hope I mean, you enjoy Paul it. Ryan, I think, was working out and posted something about how much he loved Rage Against the Machine, which I think is all you need to know about just like yeah, I'm, the makes... ability of people to take genuinely revolutionary art and just turn it into whatever they want it to it be. It makes me sad for Zach. Like genuinely, it's like he didn't, Zach didn't deserve Paul Ryan to enjoy his uh... music. Yeah, you know, and so like I'm torn between like Genuine concern about the fascist tendencies of our government. And, and concern for the safety of, of our comrades. Of course. Uh, but also just so incredibly proud of the people that are fighting that fight. You know, we talked last week about hope and struggling to find hope. And, and one of the places that I am genuinely finding hope right now is in uh, the work of our brothers and sisters to fight on behalf of everyone. To fight yeah. on behalf of black lives. Mm. To fight for a cause that is greater than themselves. It really is a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, we're going to see another take on Black Lives Matter a little later in this podcast. Once we get to the YouTubes, we're going to hear what some other white people have to say on this subject. Uh, so it's important for us to get out in front of that and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. The fight continues. Um, I am horrified by what we are experiencing, but I am not surprised. And I am very pleased that it is this naked. Uh, and I am very hopeful that... Um, that will lead to the kind of change we actually need. Uh, maybe that's foolish because I have also seen a lot of people uh, defending police and federal action without any questioning whatsoever. Uh, oh, sure. There thanks. will there will always thanks Facebook. There will always be simp's for the feds, and there's oh, nothing yeah. there's nothing lower than that. The last thing I'll say to leave us with with hope, and maybe I'll even cut this. But the last thing I kind of want to say is, you know, it makes me think of like. There's a p potential here for the sort of to do something like we did with the civil rights movements in the late '60s, we, and the truth is, back then uh, there weren't enough white folks, there weren't enough diverse, there wasn't enough diversity in those riots. There was some. You had people like Bernie out there getting arrested, and I, and I hope. What gives me hope, and I've heard this from some people of color, is that we are seeing more different kinds of people out there fighting, pushing for change in places like Portland and, and, and New York and in LA and in Chicago. And, and it, I, I hope we can show real solidarity. And I, I think this is at least the potential for that. You know, 50 years ago, Bernie was mostly on his own. And I hope we can, we can run with that example and there's a lot more of us that get arrested next time. Yeah, I think, I think to, to bring that point home, uh, something that I, I have seen debated on the left a lot mm -hmm. is uh, class solidarity versus intersectionality. Sure. And I think this is a moment where we can acknowledge that both of those movements are stronger when they work uh, in, in tandem and that they totally. are not actually contradictory goals. No. That uh, if we want our class solidarity to be stronger, which obviously we as good socialists do, then we must, by our very nature, by the essence of class solidarity is intersectionality. We must stand with... Our, our brothers and sisters who are people of color, who are trans, who are gay and lesbian, who, who are uh, Native American, like uh, that th these things work together and yep. that all of us are better when we stand together. And, and that I think I think a thing that the left gets really hung up on is uh, whether we fight this battle on the level of class or the level of race. But the, yeah. the fact of the matter is, and I think these protests are really bringing home like when we agree to do that work on both ends, uh, what we find is that they strengthen each other and that iron sharpens iron uh, and that absolutely the interests of people of color in America are absolutely connected to class interests and absolutely class interests are meaningfully and directly indebted to and, and uh, belong to 
people of color and that like these these things are not in conflict and and the people that are trying to make them in conflict are the people that are trying to delineate between them in ways that are unhelpful to our cause Should we, should we move on to something perhaps a little bit, somehow more insidious and terrifying? No, I would not say more insidious and terrifying than fascists in the streets. Uh, it is, You're it not is unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> it is certainly a, uh, you know, Zach, you, you talked about this a couple weeks ago. You were like, so I've been thinking about falling down some YouTube holes. <laughs> and honestly, I was like, oh, okay, man, sure, whatever. Like, we'll get a segment out of it. I'm not stressing, but <laughs> little did I know that you would spend the next, you know, handful of days at least sort of digging through this stuff. And then you would just plop it at my doorstep this morning and it would eat my life. And, and my, my poor, my poor wife, you know, she has been subjected to Hamilton last week. Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, people. what crimes? Uh, uh, <laughs> and then this week she has to listen to me talk about Paul and Morgan YouTube relationship advice columnist. <laughs> it's really unfair. You know, we talk about we talk about this podcast being sin eating. That what we do yes. is just you know taking on the sins of evangelical culture. Uh, but like, man, there is nobody that deals with it more than Brianna because <laughs> she just gets to hear my crazed brain after I've imbibed it for like hours, being like, "Hey, let me just rant without breathing for fifteen minutes." <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. Hey, Brianna, I watched a 15-minute video by two sort of bland-looking people who, who decided to pose to themselves the question, were they popular in high school? Hold on. I'm not finished. No, no, no. We're just getting started. So <laughs> let's get into this because this really has this really has captivated me in ways I never, never could have anticipated. In terms of the internets that I'm a part of, you know, I'm obviously yeah. spent a lot of time on Twitter, a little bit of time on, like, the Reddits. Uh, and, and I honestly, I'm not that online in terms of a lot of the other ways. I have never actually spent much time on YouTube. I don't really seek out YouTube oh, videos. Oh, see, that's fascinating because I, I am a, a YouTube imbiber. That's interesting. Oh, I mean, let, let me let you finish this point first and then I'll get into my relationship with the U of Tube. I sort of have the flip response of the Zoomer because I'm old. And my sort of response has always been, why am I going to spend an episode of TV's worth watching this video when I could just be watching The Office? How dare you insult podcasts that way? <laughs> podcasts are different. Uh, you should, all podcasts are good. You should listen to all of them. Never cancel a podcast. <laughs> you, should, you should listen to every podcast. Listen, I, I, listen some people listen, show class start, solidarity. I show pod solidarity. Oh, God. Uh, you should start with our, you know, the, the Adam and Eve of podcasts, the Slate Political Gab Fest. Uh, and then you should just move forward from there. <laughs> so I never really spent much time on YouTube. Like, okay, like, you know, I mean, like, anybody who's, like, not super fucking old. Like, I've spent some time on YouTube. But I've never, like, I don't have YouTubers that I'm fans of. I don't have people that make original content that I really care about on YouTube. And so I, I, but I sort of, like, have been poking around recently because I sort of was wondering where all the Christian blogs went. Because about 10 years ago, the Christian blog was the thing. And there's still a handful yeah, kind of... the Christian blog as part of sort of the mommy blog movement, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the blogs in general. There were many of the Christian blogs. But 
I kind of found in my research that like a lot of the interesting Christian blogging had had left blogs. You know, a lot of them stopping updated in seventeen and eighteen or whatever. And and so I was curious, where did all the idiots go? <laughs> like, where did all these people shooting blown out, oversaturated Instagram photos? Put their content other than their Instagram stories talking about pentagrams in the Super Bowl. I had to know. And it turns out the answer was YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com, a website full of amazing stuff. Hundreds, if not probably more, of, of vloggers, YouTube vloggers with a V, who were putting out content that was getting tremendous uh, engagement, like s- videos with 250,000 views. I think before we get to the specifics yes. of the the uh, vloggers we've encountered, vloggers we have known, yes. uh, biblically, I, my experience with YouTube is that I I did largely ignore it until a handful of years ago when I, a gamer, realized that you could find gaming takes on YouTube.com, and I I sort of really uh, that's the fell difference into between it. us. I I like my media platforms like I like my theology problematic and uh, And your podcast for that matter I really have enjoyed my fair share of you know three hour deep dives into you know the dragon age lore videos and uh, somewhere along the way I found people like Michael Brooks rest in peace uh, and Sam Cedar, you know, not not necessarily bred to, but like actual leftists doing YouTube shows and got a lot out of those and have found, uh, you know, some great leftist criticism of games. Shout out Waypoints. You know, I first came to them mm-hmm. uh, in some ways yeah. through their YouTube material. And so, like, it has become a platform that I really enjoy. But even then, I think what I belonged to was like the second or third wave of YouTube. I sort of missed out on the the personality brand. The golden era of pretty pretty white people uh, talk and shop at the camera. Like I, I came in <laughs> for the like Where criticism and critique era. Mm-hmm. And uh, in many ways, what shocked me about a lot of the videos that we, we watched and the people that we encountered is that they all sort of harken to like different eras of what YouTube has been. Because as much as I agree with you, Zach, that the the Christian blogging community has moved on, not unlike they do with all culture, they moved on a little too late and a little too slow. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, they're always- So I was watching a lot of videos from 2019 and 20 that felt distinctly like mid to late 2000s. So proud of Christians. Yeah. So Zach, maybe you can take us through this first one. Uh, this is this is this is my hope. sort of pet. This is your problematic fave. This is my problematic king. I kind of love this dude. It's this is hope through prophecy. Oh yeah, you know we were looking for hope. Little did we know it was through prophecy. All maybe along. that's maybe that's where Obama went wrong. It wasn't droning countless <laughs> Middle Eastern children. It was a distinct lack of prophecy. It wasn't through funding uh, insurance companies at higher and higher rates throughout his entire term in office. It was through <laughs> prophecy. If he'd only listened to that uh, pastor guy he was into before he got called out on oh, it. Oh, dude, okay, here's the thing. America would be infinitely better if Obama had never apologized for Jeremiah Wright and just been like, nah, he right, though. <laughs> <He'd go laughs> it's one. in the name. 
Like, I feel like Bernie would not have apologized for Jeremiah Wright. That's all I'm saying. I don't know anything about Jeremiah Wright. I have not returned to that information as a leftist. I only experienced as a liberal where I'm like, oh, well, mm, that sounds that sounds a little harsh if I do say so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I would be very curious to return to Jeremiah right now and see uh, uh, if what my take on that. Would I'm be. making an assumption, but uh, he's a black dude saying goddamn America. So he sounds pretty cool to me. OK, you know what? I don't need to hear anything else. <laughs> Shitty Christians approved. <laughs> stamp. Come at me, Washington Post. Everything he's ever said, we are deciding to be fine with. <laughs> OK, so, uh, so this hope, first through guy. hope through prophecy. And uh, he is, as I think you dubbed him, the king of the spiritual listicle. <laughs> Yes. So the first thing that I noticed about this guy is that a lot of his videos are sort of set up around like this very early 2010s mm. BuzzFeed YouTube system, like nine signs the end of the world is near or my personal <laughs> favorite, six dark tricks of Satan that will destroy you unless <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Uh, I did actually watch that one, by the way. Uh, trick three is Satan slowly erodes your brain with worldly media. <laughs> well, and, that would explain this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that would explain honestly. Honestly. Uh, and trick five is that he darkens your mind with depression. Oh, no. Uh, which, yeah, is maybe a bit problematic in terms of our understanding of mental health. Oh, uh, no. Trick six, though which was my favorite, yep. is that he turns your family and friends against you. Oh, no. Which sounded suspiciously like a personal confession <laughs> from this man. You know, he's just a guy making YouTube videos. His entire family has disowned him. His mom doesn't call him on his birthday. None of his <laughs> friends, they all leave him on red. And he's just like... This is the trick of Satan. And it's I the last trick. Strong. It's the one. It's the one that I cannot overcome yet. He's so uh, engaging, though. Like he has these insane videos. Okay, he... engaging is maybe not the word I would use. Uh, Patrick Bateman is the word that I would use. Do you not this think Patrick guy... Bateman's engaging? Okay, okay, okay. All right. Listen, you filthy capitalist. Uh, <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out what was wrong with this dude's face. <laughs> That and hot. I mean, I watched a lot of videos because he is a conventionally attractive guy. Yeah, no, he's got like uh, thick hair, blue eyes. He's like staring at you. But yeah, it's the thing. So number one, there are two things that are wrong with this man's face. Uh, you know, we don't usually get into criticism of the body on shitty Christians, but I'm going to make an exception because one, this guy is by all conventional standards beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the standards are different. And two... I can say this because I watched about an hour of this dude and he was <laughs> eye-fucking me the entire time. This and that's man's, why you couldn't stop. This man's eyes. Have you ever seen like those videos where, like they're moving around a chicken's body? Yes. And like its yes. head is just like totally uh, stationary. It's that, but like his eyes like <laughs> fucking you as his, his head is moving around. He's a fairly animated speaker, but his eyes never leave your soul. And they are just like piercing and blue. And it just becomes more and more uncanny as time goes on. It's very unsettling. I think, uh, I think it's a tiny bit erotic, but it's mostly unsettling. The second thing wrong with his face. And then Zach, I will let no, you share please, about your problematic fave is that he trims his mustache from the end of his nose about halfway down his lip and then he lets his mustache pick up and that is unacceptable behavior i'm sorry that is not okay unless you were doing like the full 
pencil unless you're doing a full john waters i do not want to see and this is like <laughs> the kind of half step that just speaks to like over trimmed beard that i find i just also like that is an element that is control that is that is not a healthy behavior when you have to have that much control over your hair follicles <laughs> take me through this man's content because so far all we've discussed are his terrible terrible eyes i think what's like so amazing like you said he does the world ending he will do videos about how like video games are a tool of the devil i watched his video game one that was my personal favorite as an already confessed gamer uh he talked a lot about how games change your brain chemistry so we must understand the effects of gaming on the mind what does the research say about how video games affect the brain dr vincent matthew along with his indiana university colleagues conducted research showing that youth who played violent video games had several observable characteristics. He basically insinuated that video games are the reason we have school shootings. <laughs> yeah. He then tried to walk it back and say like, no, 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 it's not the only reason. I mean, obviously there's a complex reasons, but I did just name like 10 school shooters that all played video games. So you kind of get what I'm saying. Uh, my personal favorite moment. My personal favorite moment, I'm really getting on my gamer soapbox this week. My personal favorite moment was when he walked to his local mall. In <laughs> no, that Texas. was the best. No, this is the best one. <laughs> this was so good. And he walked in so that he could show his, his viewers that, that somebody had set up a Halo arcade cabinet yes. in the mall. There's no doubt that gaming is widespread in today's society. I'm at the mall right now in Texas, close to where I live. And I noticed that they have these video games right in the center aisle of the mall, just open for kids, uh, for anyone to jump on and play. This particular game is called Halo. And for those of you who are familiar with Halo, uh, it's a very violent game, um, very popular game. But you'll notice that this, this game is just open, open for children, anyone to just come and sit down. And this, this has really become prevalent, um, these violent video games just being a major part of our culture. And, and, you know, it's just here. Children could be playing No, the this. children, that's my favorite bit. But he's like, um, they could just walk in. They could play Halo. Yeah, they could time. walk in and play Halo. And the idea that the problem <laughs> is that there is a Halo arcade cabinet in Bumfuck, Texas. It's so is good. particularly hilarious as a man that grew up playing a lot of Halo LAN parties. Let me tell you, the problem is the slurs that your friends use while you're playing it. It's yeah. not the content of the video game. It's the words that they call you. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> that was beautiful. And I found out that he is currently in Idaho trying to figure out where he's going to live. And uh, that doesn't if that doesn't imply future commune, then I don't know what does. Oh, man. Uh, he, I will say this, uh, of all the people we're going to talk about in this series, he is the only one that quoted scripture consistently and more than that he quoted scripture incessantly like he is he is the true i mean he quoted it terribly he but quoted yeah. it without context or understanding but there are on average i would say 10 to 15 bible verses in any single of his videos Look, which is radically say, different his his videos are more biblical than any episode of shitty christians there you go i mean certainly in terms of the amount of scripture that you hear listening to one he gets through more in 15 minutes than we get through in like 32 episodes to date and counting uh, listen y'all got bibles go read them 
There yeah. we go. No, he quotes hella Bible verses. They're often uh, end times based, uh, you know, but he, I would say, is not end times comma based. Uh, <laughs> he's very like, I don't know. There's something very like middle of the road. He's like a centrist end times guy. He's like, so yeah, I mean, the world's going to definitely end. Like, obviously that's going to happen. Like, we all know that. But like, you know, I mean, God works in his own timing. And like compared to like the next person we're going to be talking about, it just feels a little weak need for a guy that spends a lot of his time talking about angels. And I look forward to hopefully returning to more of his videos in the future. Yeah. The but video Michael games are really good because he specifically was talking about how video games mess with your frontal lobe. And the frontal lobe is the part of your brain that you need to get saved. So <laughs> video games can like destroy your ability to encounter God and salvation. There's, there is nothing better. And this is true with evolution. This is true with video games than when dumb people, by which I mean Christians, try to use science to talk about Jesus. I love it yeah. so much. The idea that your yeah. frontal lobe is essential to salvation. Yeah, no, is no, that's delicious. that's where your soul lives. What, dude? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, he has the all right haircut. I actually don't think he's all right, but he has like you know no, what the he difference does, between he a hipster haircut, haircut and an all right haircut is? It's just like thirty percent too much gel, and he's like another twenty percent beyond that. No, he's sort of between the proud boys and the Trump boys. Yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, a, which he, is the, the only spectrum I recognize. Right. Yeah, I think uh, Hope Through Prophecy will return. Uh, the second in our list. Yeah, so you found this person. I, I found a bunch, but this was you. Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, we're, we're sort of selling ourselves short because the real, the real crown on this comes at the end. So I will just quickly go through Lisa Haven, who is, if Hope Through Prophecy is Patrick Bateman, then like uh, Lisa Haven is wine mom alex jones yes uh <laughs> yeah uh, and that is kind of an exciting pitch right uh <laughs> so she she is on youtube she runs her own website separate from youtube called restricted republic uh because she was being censored on youtube.com true this comes up a lot uh but the main thing that jumped out at me about her is that one she is absolutely like a late 40s kind of like hot mom thing like mm -hmm. she she wears leather jackets a lot of her uh, uh episodes start with like butt rock uh like she's edgy <laughs> um, yes and i think what she's really successful at is taking a sort of kitchen sink approach to conspiracy uh like it's all it's all her here already. man it's all here i mean we're talking we're talking soros we're talking new world order we're talking alien dna and your covid vaccines we're talking about facebook censoring the truth we're talking about mainstream media being run by predatory elites like mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. every... all the true stuff everything we agree with yeah yeah i mean there is a whole episode to be done on sort of like the connections and distinctions between left right uh left and right conspiracy theories because they do start with sort of, sort of like essential basic premises like we both agree the new york times fucking sucks uh <laughs> and like listen when we all arrest them it'll be a good day of like joining yeah. hands yeah and like listen i i don't i don't know i don't i don't know what pill i am i guess i'm whatever pill uh you are when you listen to true and on religiously like i'm the adrenochrome pilled uh <laughs> that's a that's an intense pill <laughs> i just want to say that level of pill so i i'm very open to the idea that like there is uh, a cabal of rich people you know preying on all of us both through legal and illegal means uh 
this lady sort of takes it to a next level because what she does is she takes all of that Alex Jones conspiracy stuff, like everything, the sort of like the deep state, the the like deep like pro Trump element. Yeah, all the of frogs that, like, are making me gay. Yeah, but all also all of that like super hardcore mm-hmm. right reactionaryism. Yeah. Like she's she's essentially indistinguishable from your average Facebook mom in terms of like you know yeah, the government is trying beliefs. to co- control us through mass. If you go on her Instagram, it's a lot of like this is unconstitutional. You know, posting signs from businesses saying like we support not having mass. But then she'll start talking about how like the Nephilim built the pyramids awesome (laughs) and it gets it gets interesting real quick or like the antichrist weapons discovered in buried documents parapsychology comma the nwo prepares antichrist weapons is pretty sweet hell yeah no it's like it's like uh it's like a left behind larp uh like you really get to get into it. it Uh, so, so like the Nephilim, for those of you that don't know, uh, according to a certain brand of like crazy that distent, uh, extends out of like very specific readings of the Old Testament are giants that are the result of angels fucking humans. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, according obviously. to, yeah, I can't believe duh. you're explaining this, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly everyone's read, you know, my Game of Thrones fanfic where I recontextualize it through a Judeo-Christian outlook, uh, clearly, uh, <laughs> But uh, the Nephilim built the pyramids, and her evidence for this, uh, I, I didn't watch a ton of this lady because it was it was sort of exhausting. Uh, but I did watch a couple of her, and her evidence for the Nephilim were that on some of the Egyptian murals, the people are big. Yeah, no, true. Like here's the thing, it, it in in sort of pre-modern art. They were always ruthless with perspective. Everyone knows that. Everything, all the buffalo in the caves were the same size. This person is portrayed the same size as a giraffe. So that's how <laughs> tall they were. Yeah. We now know that they were average giraffe height tall. Or there was an even better one that's where so she was good. looking at like some relief carvings in the like interior tomb of something. And she was like, and you see here, we see a helicopter. Oh, that's I, so good. I you looked, know that that's some like history channel looked. shit I that I'm, I can get the behind. Video. Yeah, no, it is. But that's the thing. It's like it is the kitchen sink. It's the ancient aliens, uh, plus the Alex Jones, plus every you know Breitbart right wing. You know they started their own site because they were being censored by YouTube and they weren't getting the engagement that they were expecting because they knew they were supposed to be getting more views, but they're being hidden and like. Every other video is about how, like, the mainstream media is trying to lie to you and you can only get the truth by going to alternative media. Like, it's all that stuff, which can totally exist free of conspiracy theories. Like, that, that's <laughs> I mean, sort the of like a larger... for a reason. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just the right-wing, um, you know, talking point of just like, oh, you know, they can't they canceled Breitbart and they canceled Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it's all that shit. But then also, alien angels and... Uh, fucking like parapsychology which is a study of the paranormal but we all know that means demons and so it, it's like a very <laughs> inclusive take um because it all just sort of gets it's theology by way of like I mean, everyone that shows up at the table gets a role like yeah i miss theology by the and way you're a Q. demon and you're an angel and you're a nephilim like uh it's it's really uh inclusive in its own way while also for the record being extremely exclusive against anyone that they don't like including black lives matter and i'm assuming any manner of non-heteronormative people um oh of course but uh, uh mark of the beast style technology oh oh yes yes the mark of the beast style technology which was for the record uh, a microchip that let people know where you were. Uh, 
you know, she quotes Revelation where it talks about the mark of the beast being the thing that is necessary for trading. Uh, and no point does she either acknowledge that none of these microchips that are being implanted in employees, which I agree is pretty weird and I'm not into, uh, but none of them had anything to do with trading. Also, we all have cell phones. So, like, if you're concerned <laughs> about the mark of the beast, clearly we already have it. Like, it's yeah, on I... our hands and our foreheads. Gee, I wonder I wonder what rough areas phones hang out. The mark like, of the beast is inside the YouTube. Yeah, I mean, listen, come on. You're on YouTube talking about this. You've already accepted your role. No, Lisa, what I love about Lisa, too, is just that, like, she really came into That's her so leather jacket butt rock. She used to be much more like feather necklace, uh, much more like, like chill wine mom. Like, much more like, hey, let's just sit down and talk about some alien conspiracy theories. And only in the last handful of years, she met a new guy who was also sort of an alt-right conspiracy YouTuber. They started their site together. And that's when she decided to be like, no, nah, now, now I'm the fuck you aliens gal. Like, <laughs> and, and now every, every single episode starts with like, dur, 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 dur. like, it's just a bad Nickelback riff every time. Man, I hope the Blaze invites her on. That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's a... Uh, it was it was pretty special to spend a little time with and and I did enjoy it but I have to say Zach you you took us to the mountaintop of Christian YouTube <laughs> and from that mountaintop I fell down a hole so deep and dark I don't know if I'm ever going to be able yeah, to crawl it, out of I, it I brought you to the mountaintop unfortunately that mountain was Mount Doom yeah <laughs> no that mountain was the mountain where uh, yeah you brought me to the top of the mountain but it was Mount Moriah and my name was Isaac and you brought me up there to sacrifice me tragically no angel stayed my hand so here we are yeah so so instead you just kicked me back down the mountain <laughs> <laughs> so Paul and Morgan Michael Paul and Morgan Paul and Morgan Paul? the names that are already tattooed on the inside of my eyeballs Zach <laughs> You you brought us here. Okay, so... Uh, this is on you. Explain to me who Paul and Morgan are. I think what's so fascinating about Paul and Morgan is that, at first, they don't seem fascinating at all. Yeah. They're two 20-something yeah, white no, people. They, they They're both sort of in. blandly really attractive. They, they are conventionally attractive people. They have good skin. They do. They have nice skin and white teeth. And they look like... They look like Gap Reject models, but like that they were real close. No, here, I, I, I think you were doing them a disservice. I think they are Gap models. Yeah, they're Gap models. They're khaki-ass motherfuckers. Yeah. And but, I just, okay, so they're attractive people in their 20s, context. and they're very bubbly. You would think that they are in their 20s, but actually he is 30-plus. That'll yeah, come right. up later. Keep he's going. Fi he's five years older. They got married, and they got married when she was 21. He was 26. And they have a blog where they talk about, like, relationships, love, and life, and basically everything in between. And they're extremely upbeat. They're, like, really, they, like, make a big show of every time they, like, say their name, which I have heard at this point 20, 30 times. Paul and Morgan. How you doing? I'm Paul. I'm Morgan. And this is the, the Paul, Paul and Morgan, the Paul and Morgan show. And the Paul and Morgan show. And they usually do, like, a little riff on it. Da, 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 and they're uh, like, so Try. this is Zach. You probably aren't aware of this, but this is very late two thousands YouTube. The uh, shifting up your like vocal patterns, your voice intonations. The like, hey, we're just we're just all rapping on a couch together. We're just hanging out. Like the like <laughs> over exuberant like movement. This is this is a thing. No, this was a thing. Like this oh, yeah. was the method of late 2000s youtube the like overly lit 
you know, lighting, the we're all just hanging out on a couch talking about life, the like we change up our vocal intonations at insane references. This channel, we are making Christian advice videos on life, love, and dating to help you have hope. Yeah, the like, like the, the, all the that cuts. Shit. Just oh, the out. cuts. Oh my God, the cuts. I swear to God. I like here now i'm gonna get canceled in a world where contra points exist how dare you bring this tired cut crap to the table youtube has moved on lady and sir yeah it's it's so funny because like the only youtube i engage with these days is super like well produced so at one point they're like sitting in a car and i'm just like what have i come across I why mean, does this have the, 300 000 we views? will not we will not denigrate the confessional car youtube video that is a very important part of you know <laughs> uh okay so every single week for years these people released a video on essentially one subject <laughs> yes dating why they're awesome at it and why you suck at it <laughs> and I they love... seem like the kind of people yeah at their at their like you know if you just encounter in the base level you're like they're nice they're pretty they seem happy together mm -hmm. they're bubbly they make jokes together like yeah sure this is a relationship i would like to emulate and so we watched zach the first <laughs> video that you sent me was their question and answer section about sex you know what? Go out, get drunk, dance with a guy, go home, sleep with him. This video is the perfect introduction. Zach, take me through it. So they like what? being all cute and sassy. They have like a warning on the video like, oh, it's steamy ahead. And yeah, yeah we're, we're going to be talking about sex. And they're like, look, we're not those Christians. You know, some people may be against sex, but we think sex is cool. We're I genuinely thought, stepping into this, I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is kind of the thing we were talking about, you know, a couple weeks ago or even last week. Like, sure, this is going to have some purity culture shit, but this is like the kinder, gentler take on it where it's not – it's not your, you know, a fucking useless uh, mm -hmm. piece of trash if you've ever, you know, been within a 10-foot vicinity of a penis or vagina, including your own. You know, that's, that's <laughs> 90s evangelical culture. This is, this is 2000s purity culture where it's more like two and a half feet because we're edgy. Yeah. No, like I said last time, it's Obama. I thought I was going to get Obama-era purity culture. Yeah. And then they get to the oral sex question. <laughs> And listen, we scholars, the philosophers, have been contemplating the oral sex question. So I'm <laughs> just really excited. Who? What do you to have to do to get to make it happen? Two fucking idiots have to say about it. So, Zach, maybe you can take me through. There was the question that I thought this was, and then there was the question that it actually was. So initially, I thought initially they were like, if you're not married, that still counts, and like whatever. Yeah, this is this is the classic question. I mean, again, it's 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 not good but like yeah, is oral question. sex sex the like the ancient evangelical the, the, the catholic question <laughs> yeah. is old as time the um, uh the shinto tome is oral exactly sex sex. is oral sex sex and actually the like proper sex positive left answer is like of course it fucking is you idiots like uh why are you trying to delineate these in these weird ways uh but this has been the classic you know loophole of of bad <laughs> christian sexuality forever so i thought they were trying to address this thing yes but actually and so it seems like they're being like you know that's that's not okay and like sure whatever that's a that's a take i've heard before but you know and then i realized they're talking about oral if oral sex is okay within marriage and then they equivocate hey is it is it cool is oral sex okay and then they specify 
you know, we're, I mean, obviously we're talking about marriage. So if you're married, is oral <laughs> sex okay? And this is the moment that I realized that my evangelical upbringing was essentially an orgy. Like, <laughs> Well, there were the orgies. I, I had no idea that I had been raised as a libertine uh, because <laughs> Every youth pastor I've ever had has been the smoking hot wife guy where like sex is obviously terrible and bad up until the point that you put a ring on a finger, at which point, hey, man, party down, like get a strap on, buy a sex swing. I don't care. Like go nuts. I will say your youth pastor coming out enthusiastically in support of pegging. That's that's the kind of shit that I can be get behind. It's what he used to serve communion from. (laughs) Yeah. That is genuinely the culture I was raised in, though. And so it genuinely threw me off. I was like, where is this coming from? Like, what world are we in where oral sex is off the table for married people? And to be clear, what they say is like, hey, you know, if you're feeling convicted about it, then it's sin for you and you probably shouldn't do it. And we certainly understand that. But if you're not feeling convicted about it, then there's freedom in Christ. And you can take advantage of that freedom to stick, you know, a a dick in your mouth or your tongue on a clit and like that's the take and it took me a a second to put together it was like oh this is the deeply fundamental thing this is the sex is for procreation Mm -hmm. thing and they're trying to dance around it in their cool millennial way but what they're leaving the door open for is the idea that like no 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 even within a marriage sex is only for procreation is amazingly so regressive that it one throws out every other form of sex for every other kind of person that is a married heterosexual capable of procreating because a lot of heterosexual couples aren't uh, but it also throws out you know sex being fun it's so funny to legislate like different acts to like be like yeah hmm, you're married but, but i don't know oral sex that's at least two months of purgatory anal well i I, I, I didn't send this to you. I found only one. This is, I think, a, a worthwhile. I found one Christian YouTuber who talked about anal sex. And it was like How a couple dare you their, not send that to me, Alex? It, sadly, it wasn't that interesting except for this bit where you have a couple and they're like solidly in their mid-50s talking about anal sex. And she is uh, not as sold that it's wrong as her husband is. Yeah. Because he is like, obviously it's wrong. Sodomy. He, she's like, well... Like they they like that could be about like the what the Bible is arguing against uh same sex stuff and it's just like oh you people are terrible but I love that maybe the wife wants to keep this yeah. on the table <laughs> I I I totally agree that when your defense against like a for anal sex is like well maybe God just hates gay people it's like you've gone down a and wrong not path actual buttholes. That's terrible. You're terrible. But with if we accept the confines of that terrible argument, good on you, lady. You get yours. I, I'm rooting for her. Okay, uh, so this now, now we've sort of given away the game. Yes. These people are some of the most insane and intense fundamentalists that I have ever encountered in any situation, and they're dressed up like your cool, average, relatable millennial. Like people. I realize they look like Starbucks employees. No, how dare you insult Starbucks and no? I mean, genuinely, I, I I'm gonna upgrade them. I think they're Banana Republic models. Like these are attractive wow. people. That's kind of the point. Yeah, I'm not, they're attractive. They wear normal clothes. They seem yeah, they, like they, typical. They they wear you know fitted shirts and crop tops, and they don't they don't look like nuns. Within that is this like really intense fundamentalism, and it comes up even within that 10 minute video. Again, Zach, take me through it. So, like, somebody asks about – because this is all taking place within a sort of 
confines assuming chastity and and they basically so someone writes to ask them like what to do if one person has saved themselves for marriage and one person hasn't in this specific instance they're asking if the if the guy has saved himself and if the girl hasn't what if a guy doesn't love me because i committed sexual sin before i would just say um this is just a raw answer i'm not trying to be politically correct when it comes to maybe the guy has saved himself and he's you know, dating and he finds out the girl is not a virgin, that can be really tough for the guy. It just can. I, I have a friend who was like, this, I just don't know if I can get past that. For other guys, when they encounter that, if the girl has, you know, asked for forgiveness and she desires to be pure until marriage from that point on, he can forgive her and look past it. Yeah, and I think it's actually really important that th I, that's I the way this question gets encountered. I agree. And uh, this kind of takes a turn. <laughs> because the husband uh paul decides to be like that can be really hard for the guy i have a friend in this situation and he's really struggling with it and basically he goes on to say like listen if you can't deal you can't deal and you you dump her ass he doesn't quite get there but he, gets he does he gets very close and like i just want to back up and say like one this is an insane, awful, terrible thing to even contemplate. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. people's worth is not defined by their sexual experiences. And the idea that you would have any sort of like value placed on that is absurd. But even if we accept the idea that like these are people for whom like virginity is an important concept, then there is also another concept that would have to be important in that context, and that's called forgiveness of sin. Again, that, that's not a sin. It's not actually a sin. No, no one on Shitty Christians is saying that having sex is a sin. But uh, if we accept their premise for a second, then like the only reasonable, biblical, religious response that this guy could have is to be like, yeah, man, that's your past. And what he says is like, no, man, that's that's really tough, though. It's kind of low-key fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I get it, man. I get it. It's really hard. And it's like, kind of sus. You know, I, ho I hope that he has the grace to get through that. But it's hard. And to her credit, and I do not yeah. have a lot of credit to give this girl because I think we will come to understand how mm -hmm. much of a villain both Morgan and Paul are. But Morgan is just kind of like, yeah, no. <laughs> which is which which I do appreciate. There was one more moment that I have to get to just in this first video. Actually, two. But this one's important. <laughs> Somebody asked the question, why do teens love having premarital sex? Which... At which Feels point I realized that all of these questions are written by them. Because nobody <laughs> in the history is ever, of ever has ever asked, why do people like having sex? Look, why do these young people enjoy having sex with each other? I'm not saying it's all so people weird. enjoy having sex. Like, asexual people exist, and that's great. But, like, even asexual people do not struggle with the concept of other people finding sex enjoying. <laughs> Literally no one in the entire world lacks an understanding of why sex could be fun so that's when i knew <laughs> that they were setting themselves up for something and what they were setting themselves up for he goes in with he goes oh you naughty teens you naughty naughty teens <laughs> naughty naughty teens. you naughty naughty teens and then she goes oh you naughty teens in a british accent for some reason what? and no. then he goes in again and he goes naughty teens and he's leaning into the camera and then he leans back and does a lip bite no nope. shut it down and that's when i realized <laughs> 
that you know if if uh, our first guy was Patrick Bateman and our mm. second uh, lady was uh, wine Jones. mom Alex Jones, this guy is Dennis Reynolds. Oh, that's so perfect. This is the most it's always sunny Dennis Reynolds person that I have ever encountered in any form of reality. Like <laughs> across all the many spiritual planes that I have wandered in my <laughs> travels, I have never met a man that I feel so certain has tools in the back of his hatchback. He has definitely tried to sell uh, Morgan on the Paul method, which is a distressing acronym. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the Paul method somehow much worse than the Dennis method. Uh, Paul does not care about the implication. No, Paul. Paul is unconcerned. Uh, at least Dennis has the decency to separate entirely. Dennis has no decency. Paul is worse. Uh, the last <laughs> thing, which is maybe in some ways the most fucked up, despite how terrible all of this has been, is that they get asked a question about birth control. And again, if I, I was shocked by their oral sex response, it's sort of tipping their fundamental hat, fundamentalist hat. This is when they were just like, no, straight up, like, this is just who we are. Because they were like, well, you know, we started using birth control and then we really started feeling convicted about how, like, we weren't trusting God, so we got off it. Incredible. And then there's like a brief moment for her to be like we're still not pregnant cut it's just like oh, oh yeah man. she and she she does like a face she does a youtube face she does you know this face i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a sound and you're gonna know exactly what this face where she's just like <laughs> imagine like you know in a, a conventionally attractive like blonde 20 something going that's the face like if you did that noise but cute that's the face and like Actually, as it turns out, this has caused a fair amount of stress and uh, issues in their marriage. But, like, we'll get there. Uh, I have more to say. I have more to say about birth control. Please continue. I, a heterosexual man, have more to say about birth control. Uh, (laughs) Because there's there's two sides to this, right? Like, there's the, like, birth control, pretty much always the responsibilities placed on the women. And particularly with a lot of different forms of chemical birth control, the effects are not widely understood or cared about. Often uh, they can have negative effects on women and often like there's not a lot that's done to alleviate that or try to find other options for people. And like uh, that can be problematic. Also, birth control is a miracle and it has given women so much more freedom in how they conceive and like deal with family planning. And that's incredibly powerful thing Uh, and should be absolutely utilized. Uh, and also, they're, as I've said before on this podcast, get off Catholic sticks. They're the worst. Exactly. So this was a thing that swept through mm-hmm. Southeastern Seminary when I was in youth group, which is to say I had about like four different variations on the youth leader who I saw get married, start uh, their married life together, and then all sort of collectively decide that like birth control was of the devil. And there are lots of good reasons to at least look into alternative forms of birth control that are less invasive on a woman's body, and none of them have anything the fuck so ever to do with what Jesus wants. If if you really genuinely think God is gravity, then go, I don't know, man, go stand under something heavy. Like this is just, it's nonsense (laughs) to say that your free will and agency in the world means that you are somehow defying God. Like, Christians should never say anything about sex again. There, I said it. (laughs) Boom. Unfortunately, we have a lot more to talk about with these people. Uh, So, Zach, you watched a bunch of videos. Yeah, so I watched a bunch of these. I watched their video wherein they sit in the car and do a 15-minute video about whether they were popular in high school. Turns out Morgan was once asked out by one of the most popular boys at her high school. Oh, you don't say. 
but still only gave herself a three, which, you know, to be honest, that can't be right. Morgan's a cat. She's, she's a star. She sparkles. Uh, but so I went pretty far, but Michael, you kept going. I did, I did watch a fair number of videos and I, I did, I did learn some things, uh, from the videos. I learned that Paul is emotionally abusive. And yeah, I can feels- just say that because I've watched him be emotionally abusive be- on camera in these video videos. Evidence. Yeah, uh, he would call it spiritual leadership. I call it emotional abuse. Uh, there are a couple things that became clear to me from before I went digging for information. Mm. One is that Paul is significantly older than Morgan. As it turns out, that's five years. They were 26 and 21 when they got married. Not every... A uh, relationship with a five-year age gap at that age is necessarily problematic. I think that's just outside of the range where it is mandatorily problematic and into the range where it's just <laughs> probably problematic. Uh, but in this case, it is definitely problematic because not only is he five years older than her, he's also the spiritual leader. The, uh, the, 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 the head of the household, if you will. He's also intensely immature. Uh, and Morgan has a lot of fucked up views. We'll get to that. Again, I am not trying to defend this person or white knight for her because the truth is I think both of these people are villains. But it is very clear that she is both younger and a little less invested in the sort of like fundy culture that mm-hmm. he clearly yeah. bought hook, line, and sinker. And they talk about that in a relationship where she was like, of course we're going to kiss. We're fucking dating. And he was like, no, <laughs> we're not kissing until the altar. And then his compromise was that he kissed her the day he asked his, her parents for her hand in marriage. And that was the day of their first kiss. And then he said he regretted it. Uh, that is some, like, big 14-year-old youth group energy. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is the sound of a 26-year-old that never grew out of their youth group energy. Uh, they talked about, you know, growing. <laughs> They've had to do a lot of growing. Marriage is hard. you got to grow. And so he was telling this story on Instagram about how he's, like, growing to be a better man. But what he was describing was him getting really, really pissed off because she messed up his Starbucks order. Oh, that took a uh, controlling turn that I did not actually expect. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, fell you know, fellas, when you yell at your significant other because they messed up your coffee. As it turns out, they're kind of infamous. I did not really realize this because we came by this honestly through the yeah. YouTube algorithm. Through we we, like, we through love of the game. <laughs> uh, they have sort of been picked up. There were there are other YouTubers that have done like stuff about them. But what I encountered was just these like very intensive Reddit breakdowns of like the issues and problematic shit they have done and said. And I just. I need to hire one of these tweens uh, for the show because this is the kind of information I wish somebody could present for me every week. Like, I would call this invasive, this level of personal detail, except it was largely sourced from their own videos. Yeah, well, Uh, it's not invasive. Like, they're a lifestyle brand. Yeah, well, and I think even more specifically, it's not invasive in the context of they are selling a very specific conception of what a relationship should look like to a lot of people. So anyways, here are the facts. Morgan was in a relationship for three and a half years. She was living with the guy for the last couple of years and, and, and slept with him at some point in there. So she was no longer a virgin. She got out of that relationship within a month, was dating Paul. They, got, they dated for four months, got engaged, were engaged for four months, got married. So she wow. called that relationship abusive, but then she kind of backtracked and said it was toxic. When she was pushed on what that previous relationship was toxic, it was because he wasn't a spiritual leader. Mm, sure. Um, so, like, listen, I'm not saying this guy was clear, but like, she initially alleged abuse and then sort of walked it back to like, no, 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 no he just wasn't cool. Uh, she initially had a tattoo 
of the infinity symbol on her arm that said until marriage. Uh, and I am not shitting on her either for having sex before marriage. And I'm certainly not no. blaming her for being in an unhappy relationship she got out of. But I'm definitely going to shit on her pretty hard for the, a terrible fucking tattoo. <laughs> that is that is unacceptably bad. Uh, you, do not, you do not get... You listen, we sign our purity cards. We wear our purity rings. We do not get purity tattoos, Morgan. This is basic shit. <laughs> what I love about that is like, what was your plan once you got married? Yeah, well, I'm, she can keep it because it said until marriage, so she's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. That didn't work out, so she got the like classic millennial like uh, flower tattoo to cover it up. We'll get to that. At one point, she talks... Their marriage seems incredibly fraught. Let's set that up. They talk a lot about fighting. They seem unhappy. It's not a great vibe. Uh, she talks at one point about listen her music listening habits being sort of split 50-50 between Christian and secular music, at which point Paul leans in the camera and says, I'll work on her, guys. Oh. Sh should, should you work on her? Yeah. Do um, not, is that a thing that you should or even do have consent for? Let's talk about their sex life. Uh, they have they have sex every other day on a schedule. What? <laughs> they do this because Paul needs sex in order to feel love. Uh, if Morgan hmm. is really, 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 really not feeling in the mood, they'll take a day off. But usually, she says she uh, powers through. At which point Paul leans forward and says, she's a champ. Nope. Nope. Shut it down. That is, there's, there's your Dennis Reynolds. Uh, if you can only feel love through sex, my dude, you, you are, you are a super broken man. You know, we talk a lot about the mask coming off on shitty Christians, but I don't know if there's ever been a more mask off moment than a Christian dude whose entire business is selling relationship advice, being a guy that demands sex from his wife every 48 hours i'm just imagining there with the stopwatch being like refill the love po like the love calendar like Ugh. it is it, it is it is so blatantly on its face a gross deep upsetting understanding of what love and sex are uh how, you know she talks uh, about having some issues with that and a couple of the things like she's mostly like yeah you know it's, it's what he needs I'm a, I'm a submissive wife I love him I'm trying to like meet his needs but this just I wouldn't even say it echoes it just is every like well no you can't rape your wife guy it's extraordinarily manipulative and gross at best and, and is probably abusive Oh no, I, I I I dare say I think I think at the very least these people are in an incredibly toxic relationship. Given the power dynamics involved, I'm going to say that at the very least uh, Paul is abusing Morgan. Even as you know, and these are the complexities of abuse. Morgan is a terrible person, and I still think she and, and she is also being abused by Paul. Uh, yeah. At the very least, emotionally. Uh, for more examples of that, uh, Morgan has been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Uh, which is a serious thing. Of course. She stopped taking medication for that a year ago uh, and started talking about how Jesus has healed her um, of that as well as her, as her depression. Um, uh, I need Christians to stop saying shit like that. Yeah. And I listened to her video about this. Uh, and she actually, I think, 
there are two ways you could view this. One, she was sort of like, I'm really grateful that I had access to that medication when I needed it, and now I'm grateful that I don't need it. And that is a different thing than saying that, like, well, if you have Jesus, you don't need medication, which is obviously fucking villainous. Um, right. But, but, so you could take that on its face and say, like, she's not actually saying medication is bad. She's saying she's grateful that she had medication when she needed it. And like, she's grateful that like, she doesn't need it. And that's probably true for a certain segment of like, are people are going to need that medication and that help for the rest of their life. And there are people that aren't sure, whatever. However, if you put on a slightly more critical lens, what she also described, like she never described the ways in which that medication helped her. Yeah. What she described was how it made her need to sleep for 10 to 12 hours a day or how it affected, you know, her her thought life and how she struggled to, like, you know, feel positive and how she was still struggling with, like, suicidal ideation. And suddenly that's all gone now that she's not taking medication anymore. And that, like, that's the shit where it's like, well, if the only thing that you're actually describing is how much better your life got, then maybe it doesn't matter that you technically said, like... Hey. Yeah, no, it, it, it comes across with the rest of everything else, like being against birth control, et cetera, as coming across as, as uh, you know, anti-medicine. Yeah, exactly. As, as anti-something that uh, is, is, is essential for a lot of people's lives. As absolutely essential for a lot of people's lives. And we can say that acknowledging the complexities of people who get over-medicated of and course. people who don't actually get the care that they need from that. Like, we can acknowledge all those complexities, but we should never say and we do not believe, and, you know, it would be crazy to say that this is anything other than, like, a huge help to people, even as, like, implementing that help well can be challenging. Yeah, of um, course. So, somebody coming in and just being like, yeah, no, I'm just better now. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, doesn't, it's, it, it's not great. Regardless the, of the what happened, it's not well presented. Uh, she had a secular singing career for a while. Uh and again, I'm using these words because these people use these words. You, I, and that's like sort of the toxicity of stuff. It just gets in your brain. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, yeah, you know, a secular singing career. That's a normal way to phrase something. <laughs> uh, but actually, like, she just had a singing career briefly. Mm. And that went away. Uh, she wow, doesn't do that kind of singing anymore. Uh, she does, however, um, she did create one original piece in the last year. And it's called The Abortion Song. Oh, no. Why, why must everything return to abortion? Paul, Paul is sort of an enigma. Yeah. Paul doesn't really pop up a lot. There's only a couple things we know about Paul. One, Paul wanted to be a model. And I think that's very <laughs> clear if you look at any of his Instagram posts, which will be like vitriolic politics coupled with a second button unbuttoned shirt selfie. Let's just push through that one. Paul comes across as very overbearing and selfish he clearly was always this fundy guy yeah uh, he corrects morgan a lot on the videos oh he, constantly he is constantly editing her and paul paul's the guy that i think really pushes the sort of darker tinge of this even though as i think morgan is like a fully on board member like paul uh paul did a video about one of our shitty christian's favorites the transformed wife that's right. Our our one of one of our big rogues gallery. Yeah, exactly. And the transform rife went viral for a comment you may have heard somewhere deep in the left Twitter discourse. Uh, you know, men prefer debt free versions uh, without tattoos. <laughs> and Paul, you know, Paul came out and he had a hard hitting rebuttal to that. He sat down. and He's like, "Hey, hey, 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 
tattoos are a matter of taste. <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. the uh, that's what you're hitting back that on. That was Paul. their whole video. Their whole video was like them going through this article, which is villainous and heinous, and oh, you, know, of you know exactly what that thing is. But she's essentially advocating by debt free. By the way, she means don't go to college, women. Well, like, yeah. Don't go to college because you'll become a feminist and you'll never be a good housewife. They go through this and they're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think women probably uh, should think about whether or not college is right for them. Gosh. Which is hilarious. You know, as leftists, we're like, yeah, I mean, college is kind of a bullshit thing. They're going to charge you a bunch yeah. of fucking money and not let you get a job afterwards. Like, that's nonsense. But that's different than saying, like, well, you probably shouldn't go to college because, you know. You'll you become know. a lefty with, with your own life. Yeah, you're because then you're gonna have a career, and what's that career gonna do? Take you away from your many babies, of course. Uh, uh, at every moment, Paul does this thing, this like very YouTube thing. Where he's like, "Oh, oh, she's really, she's really going nuts. Oh, look, she's saying some crazy stuff." Okay, but like, you know, biblically speaking, what we need to be asking is like, is there wisdom here? Like, she's saying I it know. strongly. No one's defending how she's saying it, but like. Is there wisdom here? And it, it turns out for Paul, yeah, there's a lot of fucking wisdom with the lady that's saying that, like, don't go to college. Guy reads mind comp. Think it could use a think it could use a few edits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, these commas are problematic, but everything else. Um, Paul pretty. is a monster of the highest origin, and this really got cemented for me when I hopped on their other social medias. Because I will say, as terrible as these people are, and as much as that comes through in their videos, uh, they generally have stayed out of politics mm-hmm. in the videos. It's very relationship-focused. It's absurd, but it's very relationship-focused. Uh, you hop on their other social media, and you bump into Paul, who is retweeting Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz constantly, sure, who's talking obviously. about how Black Lives Matter protesters are destroying America. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Who is uh, posting videos of a black person trying to paint over a Black Lives Matter mural in New York and talking about how brave she is because she said black lives don't matter. Jesus matters and black lives don't matter until Jesus's life matters. Oh, that's really gross. Morgan in the meantime, uh, ha- is the fan of the big Instagram like wall of text to go with the photo. Uh, she thinks that masks are a constitutional violation. Uh, okay. She's Thanks, also uh, was tweeting about or Instagramming about how the um, Super Bowl was a satanic ritual uh, to assist in the uh, abuse of children. Well, listen, when she gets one right, I'm just... You yeah, know. I mean, so, like, classic Christians, they talk about how, like, large sporting events are traditionally tied with, like, uh, sex trafficking, and then they turn it into the actual Super Bowl halftime show is, in fact, a satanic ritual. So, like, that's the kind of level we're dealing with. It's a little bit more mask off uh, with the politics, which leads us to maybe our final point, and then I promise we'll get out of here. Paul and Morgan made a pivot just oh, this no. past week well uh i am excited for their uh bordello review paul and morgan decided to pivot away from relationships it's kind of passe marriage what's a marriage we've already talked about marriage what they're going to get into now is social issues oh yes these these are the experts that i'm i'm looking to yes so these two whitest people that have ever existed people people who can only live inside of youtube 
if they ever tried to actually go outside instantaneously combust uh these people sat down to talk about that lady that I was talking about a second ago who uh, was painting over a Black Lives Matter mural. And they used this as a chance to say two things. They said, one, Black Lives do matter. Great. Two, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization set to destroy the nuclear family and Christianity. And that's why we will not support it. Also, if you look at America, everyone is bowing down to Black Lives Matter, every business, every person. And we have to go against the grain because if we're not willing to stand up for Rut's right and defend traditional family, then we're all just going to be at the, the behest of these Marxists and these people that are taking something that should be beautiful and turning it into an evil Marxist anti christian destruction of everything and look at all these terrible businesses yeah i forgot that the nuclear family just involved a beefy guy and like wabash murking a black dude i didn't know that's the nuclear family were the blue lives yeah yeah exactly the nuclear family is a police union for these motherfuckers i rushed through that because it's not worth any more time than that it's uh, it's it is what's amazing about that is it's actually like the talking conservative talking point of the week i've seen this about five different places Mm. that black lives matter is a problem as an organization because they have something to say about the nuclear family and actually if you go to their site and look at it what they say is like yeah we actually do want to think past the nuclear family and think about a community of people raising children together sort of like i don't know a fucking church um, the churches should have nothing to do with children but continue. <laughs> we've, we've been there but like uh yeah it just it's just I love that their pivot was away from hyper-fundamental Christian dating tips. What I loved about that is like they spun it out for as long as it could, and at the end of the day, they were like, you know what we have to do? Shit on black people. Uh, I just thought it was sort of beautiful that at the end of the day, they like couldn't keep keep the wheels spinning anymore. Well, they took, they took what they believed about gender and the home and uh-huh. brought it to what they believed about social issues. I'm excited to dig into them in the future and hear more of their takes but bring them on the pod yeah i wonder i wonder what their like take on voting is when they believe they you shouldn't like kiss until you're married very curious oh. anyways with that we have now taken you through the wild wild woolly and wonderful world of christian youtube that has been this week's episode of shitty christians uh we're going to end the show a little differently than we usually do because this week I had the chance to read uh, a couple poems by Lilia Marie Ellis, a poet who just so happens to be a listener to the show. And honestly, I was just blown away and we reached out and she was kind enough to do a reading for us. So we're going to end with that. Uh, You can find her at Lilia Marie Ellis on Twitter. That's Ellis with two L's. And she has links to a lot of her published work there as well. Thank you all so much for listening and enjoy. Nightmare and Interpretation 3. I dreamed of a woman who dreamed, or so she told me. She said she'd lived there seven years, only realizing it now, and in the meantime, love, family, her first sense of joy. It was her life, I suppose, real enough, and quite suddenly one day, her walls crumbled, one world deep, with crystalline specks of light, she said, and most people disappeared. The dream ended, leaving her with nothing at all. She said the worst part was the loneliness. She could go back easily if it weren't for that. Something off about the light in a billion days conglomerated. She would have to live her life differently this time. She was wailing. The scriptures are quite clear that the world is a form of filth. I suppose one has many infinitesimal reasons for sculpting love out of filth. 
which one leaves behind in the half-light like bacteria growing at the perfect temperature. The shaking of earth, dirt coming down from the ceiling, the myth of duality was only just a myth until we were made to feel alien from our bodies, and thereby the soul became real and also terrible, let alone everyone else's. Many of today's treasures will one day be regarded as disasters. Some people walk on thorns and do not care, and when asked why, they say they are tired. But the kingdom of God is within us, which has consistently remained true, even as many of us grew out of scriptures.